the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. This hard hearted individual doesn't understand the gospel. Listen, because he doesn't want to understand it. That's why. See, like the hard-packed, beaten-down soil of the road, this person's heart has become so hardened to the truth of the message of Christ, he's just not interested in it. He doesn't want to comprehend it. He's not interested in understanding it. This precious truth about Christ being King and Savior means nothing to him, so he's not going to give any careful consideration to it. It never crosses his mind to contemplate this, to reflect on it. We all know people who are hardened to the gospel message. They may be family members, acquaintances, or total strangers. We should pray that the Lord will soften their hearts and make them receptive to the Word of God. We should never give up on them, but graciously share Christ's love with them in tangible ways. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our new series of studies from Matthew chapter 13 concerns the parables Christ used to teach his disciples about the mysteries of the kingdom. In today's class, Pastor Steve continues his discussion on the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil. You can listen to today's class again by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on Message Archive, then Sort by Date. There are many other messages available for free downloading. The goal of Verse by Verse is to help you grow in your daily walk with the Lord Jesus. Our book offer for the month is Timeless Truths from a Faithful Shepherd. It is a 207-page paperback book featuring landmark sermons from Steve's ministry at Lakeside Community Chapel over the past 30 years. We'll send it to you for a contribution of any size to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida. 33758. I'll have more details at the end of the program. Now, here's Pastor Steve with today's class. For 15 years, Jim Fix ran about 80 miles a week. He was a noted expert on the sport of running, being the author of the 1978 bestseller, The Complete Book of Running. Jim Fix appeared to be in top physical condition, yet at the age of 52, Jim Fix died of a massive heart attack while running alone on a Vermont road. See, Jim Fix didn't realize that in spite of all of his exercise and and being in what he felt was top shape, he had a very serious heart condition. And the reason this cardiac problem was unknown to him was because Jim Fix refused to get regular heart checkups. In fact, he stubbornly refused to let anyone examine his heart. In a similar way, there are many people who have spiritual heart problems and they just don't know it because like Jim Fix, they refuse to let their hearts be examined. 
However, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gave an important lesson in the form of a parable that forces us to learn about the true condition of our hearts. So let's let's open our Bibles to Matthew 13. We are continuing our study of this wonderful first gospel in the New Testament, and we have arrived at the place where parables are presented to us. I want to read Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9, and then we'll shift over to verses 18 through 23, because Matthew 13, 3 through 9, give us the parable itself, and then the other verses give us Christ's interpretation of the parable. Starting at verse 3, we read, and he spoke to them, In parables, many things in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out and others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop some a hundredfold some 60 and some 30 he who has ears jesus said let him hear starting at verse 18 he said hear then the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart this is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches or wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Now, as we discussed last week, These verses constitute the first of seven parables that Jesus gave in Matthew 13. And although not all the parables are interpreted for us, this one is. This is the first one, and we have our Lord's own infallible interpretation of this parable. Now, we know that Jesus gave the parable earlier in the day, and then sometime later, Mark chapter 4, verse 10, tells us that when he was alone with his disciples in a house later on, without the crowds around him, he explained the meaning of this story. So he gave first the story, went on to give more parables, then later in the day explained the story. So we don't have to guess. We don't have to guess and try to figure out what this parable is about. Jesus told us what it's about. And the reason he told us what this parable is about is because an understanding of this parable will give you an understanding, a basic understanding of all the parables of Matthew 13. Now, let me tell you why. Because in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus said this, If you do not understand this parable, then how will you understand all the parables? In other words, a correct understanding of this first parable is the key to grasping what the others are talking about. All the other parables presented in Matthew 13 go back to, in some way, this parable, because all of the parables of Matthew 13 are about the same subject. 
And what is that subject? We spent a lot of time talking about that. They are about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Notice verse 11. Jesus answered them to you, meaning you disciples, you followers of mine. It has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, meaning this. And I won't take the time to go into as much detail as we did last week, but meaning essentially this. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, mysteries meaning truth that has never been revealed in the Old Testament. Old Testament saints didn't understand this. It's now been revealed to New Testament era believers. And the truth is this, the mystery of The kingdom of Christ's kingdom is the present form of his kingdom, meaning this unique time period in which he rules in our hearts, but he is not physically present on the earth. That is the mystery form of the kingdom. It is a unique time period. Christ is physically in heaven, but he rules in our hearts and his kingdom continues. And you see this first parable of the sower, and he called it the parable of the sower. That was Christ's name for it. Helps to explain the very first lesson and the most foundational truth about Christ's kingdom as it addresses the most basic of kingdom issues. And it's this. How does his kingdom make progress in the world? How does it continue to exist? How does it even grow while he's no longer here? That's what this is about. See, without this first parable, the others wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense because the parable of the sower reveals how Christ grows his kingdom. If he doesn't grow his kingdom, then you have no kingdom. So this is essential. In other words, this is an essential parable because it enables us to understand that during the age that we are living in, commonly known as the church age, our Lord's kingdom will increase, although only a small minority will be receptive to the message Of the king. And why will only a small minority be receptive to this message? Because man has a spiritual heart problem. Meaning that at the core of his innermost being, which is what the Bible means by the word heart, not that organ in us that pumps blood, the heart is the innermost being. At his core, his very heart, his very nature, he is rebellious towards God. However, when God softens a person's heart, They can be saved because God has made them responsive to the gospel. Now, he needs to do that work of grace in his heart, but he softens the heart, making it responsive, receptive to the gospel. But the point of this parable is to tell us that while we are to evangelize all the lost, much of our gospel witnessing during this age will fall upon unresponsive hearts, unreceptive hearts. You see, although this parable, and note this well, speaks of three entities, three primary entities. You have the sower, you have the seed that the sower casts or he throws, and then you have the various soils that the seed fall upon. The primary emphasis and focus of Christ's teaching is on the soil, not not the seed, not the sower. It's the soil. Why? Because the various soils, watch this, are illustrations of four different responses to the gospel in today's world that we live in. In other words, the soils represent heart responses, hearers, those who respond to the gospel. And that's really critical to understand. I want to explain this a little further. First of all, it's important to know who the sower in this parable is. Although Jesus doesn't specifically state in in his interpretation the identity of this sower, a little later in another parable in the same chapter, he tells us in chapter 13, verse 37, who the sower is. Let me read it to you. And he said, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, meaning himself. He's the 
sower. He's the initial sower. However, while the Lord is the initial sower of the seed, because he was the first one to sow the seed about himself as Israel's king, in a broader sense, and this is what we need to grasp, in a broader sense, any believer who shares God's word today in any type of setting, whether it be in a sermon from the pulpit or as a teacher in a classroom or or just in an informal witnessing situation, all function as sowers in this parable. So the sower speaks of any believer who shares the word of God in any type of context. So we're the sowers. Secondly, if the sower represents Jesus and then any believer who spreads his word, then the seed that is thrown by the sower must be what? Has to be the word of God. Has to be the word of God. And that is precisely what the seed in this parable represents. It represents the word of God. And although Matthew doesn't actually spell that out, he doesn't say that probably because it's such a self-evident truth. What else could it be? We know that that is absolutely correct because in Luke's parallel account of this parable, Jesus stated explicitly that the seed was the word of God. And that makes perfect sense because just as the power to produce Plant life is in the seed, so the power to produce spiritual life, eternal life, life in Christ, is in the Word of God. First Peter one twenty three says that we have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring Word of God. The Bible is living. It is what brings people to faith in Christ. It is the means by which God brings about new life in Christ. Paul stated that in Romans 10 when he said faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So as sowers of the seed, our responsibility is simply to throw the pure seed of the word of God. That's very important for us to understand. Very important because this parable teaches that our responsibility as those who witness for the Lord is just throw the seed. We're not to add anything to it. We're not to add human tradition. We're not to add human philosophy. We're not to try to make the seed more interesting by making it sound culturally relevant to our audience. Our job isn't to make the seed appear more attractive or appealing to our hearers by watering it down so that unbelievers won't be so uncomfortable with certain sin issues. Jesus said that our job is simply throw the seed, spread his word. That's all we're to do. And where that seed will land when we throw it, where where is it going to land? It'll land upon the various types of individuals who, for the most part, will be unresponsive to God's word. But there will be some who will receive the seed, be converted, and as a result, produce the godly fruit of righteous behavior. And that's why the third entity, the various soils in this parable, represent various types of heart responses to the gospel. Uh, Jesus spoke of four of them. There are only four of them, four kinds of soil, the hard packed soil of the road, the shallow, rocky soil, the soil with thorns, the good soil. They speak of four different kinds of heart responses to the gospel, responses that we can expect when we witness to people. In other words, the four soils refer to four conditions of the human heart in, in terms of our responsiveness to the gospel. Another way to put it, is that these four types of soil represent four kinds of hearers and responders to the gospel. People that you and I are going to encounter as we witness for Christ. That is to say that every person in this room comes under one category of the soil. You you fit in, in one of these 
soils. And every person in the world who hears the gospel is like one of these types of soil, which makes this very, very relevant for us. So that is to say that every one of us and the spiritual condition of our hearts is represented by a soil that's mentioned here. We may hear the gospel and respond to it with a hard heart that won't allow the truth to penetrate like the hardened physical dirt is to the plant seed. That's the point of the Lord. It's a comparison. That's what a parable is. Or we may be the kind of person who hears the gospel and we do respond in a very quick but shallow and superficial way like the shallow rocky soil and the seed that fell upon it. Or we may be the type of person who hears the gospel, but we are preoccupied with the cares of this world and and they choke out the seed of the word, just like the soil with thorns choked the good seed that fell upon it. Or we may be good soil, soil in the sense, good soil that our hearts were prepared by God We received the word, we were converted, and the evidence of our conversion is the righteous fruit of our behavior that comes forth from our lives. So, folks, these various soils represent us. They represent us, but they also represent the kinds of people that you and I are going to encounter as we witness for Christ. Now, keep in mind, this does not mean that one out of four people you witness to will be saved. That's not what Jesus is teaching at all. But it does mean... It does mean that every person that you witness to is going to respond to the gospel in one of these four ways. That's the point. Most will reject it. Some will accept. But they all will respond in one of these four ways. And that's really the point of the parable. Now, keep in mind where we are in our gospel study of of Matthew. Having closed chapter 12, Matthew tells us that Israel had essentially rejected Jesus as their king. There would be an official rejection when he comes in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, but essentially they had rejected him when they said you're demonic and the religious leaders concluded that he casts out demons by Beelzebub. They were they were essentially saying it's over. We've made up our minds and Jesus knows that. And so he understands that Israel has made a decision already that will not be reversed. Eventually he will be crucified, resurrected, then returned to the father He now turns his attention to his disciples and prepares them for what they could expect as his witnesses while he's no longer physically present. He prepares them to be his sowers during the church age. And we as his present day sowers need to know that these are the various kinds of responses to the gospel that we can expect as we witness for Christ by spreading the word of God. And so with this is our background, we want to discover this morning the different responses to the gospel message that we're going to encounter. There are four of them. We're going to look at two today and then, Lord willing, two next week. So let's begin by looking at the first kind of person that Jesus spoke of concerning the comparison with the soil is the person with a hardened heart. Verses 18 and 19 say this. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. Jesus begins his interpretation of this parable. And by the way, as I said, he called it the parable of the sower by explaining that some people are just like that, that hardened, packed down, beaten down soil along the road. They hear God's word. 
But like the hard-packed soil where the plant seed fell, the message about Christ just doesn't penetrate, doesn't penetrate their hearts. And why doesn't the gospel penetrate this person's hearts? Well, let's look and see what Jesus said. He explained it. He said that while he hears the word of the kingdom, meaning he hears the gospel, this is an individual who's heard the gospel about the kingdom, meaning Christ is king and you enter his kingdom by way of repentance and faith in him. He hears the word of the kingdom, yet he said he does not understand it. In other words, this is a person who someone is witness to. He's not, he's not ignorant of the gospel. He's heard it, but he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't grasp it. And why not? Why doesn't this person understand the gospel? Well, it's not because he's lacking in intelligence. It has nothing to do with his intelligence or his education. Remember, the Pharisees were, were, for the most part, brilliantly educated. They didn't get it. It has nothing to do with the way the message was presented in the sense that maybe someone presented it in a oh, somewhat unclear manner. It was a little bit confusing. Uh, they didn't really do a great job of, of connecting the dots. That's not why this person doesn't understand it. And it certainly has nothing to do with the power of the message with, with the seed because Paul said in Romans 1 that the gospel is the power of God that leads to salvation. So it has nothing to do with the man's intelligence, nothing to do with how the gospel is presented to him or the seed. This hard-hearted individual doesn't understand the gospel, listen, because he doesn't want to understand it. That's why. See, like the hard-packed, beaten-down soil of the road, this person's heart has become so hardened to the truth of of the message of, of Christ, he's just not interested in it. He doesn't want to comprehend it. He's not interested in understanding it. It's, it's this precious truth about Christ being king and savior means nothing to him. So he's not going to give any careful consideration to it. It never crosses his mind to contemplate this, to reflect on it. It's just like the farmer seed lying on the surface of the soil. So the word of the kingdom just lies on the surface of his life, and it never sinks in and penetrates his heart. just doesn't go any deeper. He doesn't care. It just lies there. One insightful Bible teacher described this person with a hardened heart, and he wrote this. He's the the person who often is referred to in the Old Testament as stiff-necked. He's unconcerned with the things of God, completely indifferent to anything spiritual. The word makes no penetration into his heart or mind. He does not give the gospel the least consideration, thinking it to be total foolishness. He has so continually and consistently resisted anything that smacks of spirituality that the soil of his heart has become pounded down until it is impenetrable and insensitive. I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. What a sad commentary on the human heart. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Everyday life experiences show this to be true. As we'll see in our next class, even if a person is not outwardly antagonistic, they may be indifferent to the claims of Scripture. Be sure to join us as Pastor Steve continues opening up this parable of our Lord Jesus from Matthew 13. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel, 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. Folks who have been blessed by these radio programs help keep it on the air by their prayers and financial support. 
To show our appreciation for their faithful praying and giving, we are offering the newly published book, Timeless Truths from a Faithful Shepherd, to anyone who sends in a contribution of any size to Verse by Verse. This book is a wonderful resource of materials covering topics like the life of Elijah, Esther, the Beatitudes, running the spiritual marathon, how to find God's peace, and much more. Ask for your copy when you send your gift of any size to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Or you may call us at 727-239-0306 to request your copy. You may also contribute online at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Support Us tab, then scroll down to the Donate button. That phone number again is... 727-239-0306. Thank you for joining our class today. To listen to this study again, go to our website, versebyverseradio.org, where you can stream this message again or download it for future reference. There are hundreds of messages that are free for downloading. Please avail yourself of these great spiritual resources. The website again is versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. And if you have any questions about anything in the Christian way of life, please contact us. That number again is 727-239-0306, and our email address is contact at verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.